Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Go with me while you're still standing to the book of 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I want to read two verses of scripture. Beginning in verse 20. And then we'll jump down to verse 27. I have felt all morning that the Lord wants to do something very special today. And you know, a lot of times we equate that with blowout service. We're going to be jumping through the windows. (laughs) But you know, the angels rejoice when they repented. Heaven started having a party when somebody just turned because they they realized that the, the miracle was already started. All right? So I really feel like God wants to do something special today. If we'll just lean in. First John chapter 2, verse 20, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Then jumping down to verse 27, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Amen. But as the same anointing teacheth, as the same anointing teacheth. I want to just talk to you about the anointing this morning. The anointing. Would you help me pray right now? Father, we love you today. God, we're thankful to be gathered in your house and in your presence. I pray, God, that you would bless our services today. Bless this gathering I pray that you would speak to us. God, let your spirit speak to us today. God, help us to receive, God, everything that you have for us. Let your perfect will be accomplished in this house today, God. And we'll be careful to give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you this morning. Uh, You may be seated. So today is my middle child's birthday, and I know I don't look old enough to have a middle child. I know that. I get it. Um, But uh, where where has time gone? I think about that. He's turning five years old today, and Mallory said yesterday, she's like, "Doesn't doesn't it make you so sad that he's turning five? And I was like, absolutely, because every year that he gets older, I get older as well. We forget that the, we age along with them, right? <laughs> Bennett, uh, he's, he's turning five today, and, and if, if you know Bennett, you know that he is the classic middle child. He has, he has all the traits. He's funny. He's competitive. He's independent. Yesterday, he wanted to buy something. on. There's a little game I have on my phone that he likes to play, and there was, you know how, games will like there's certain things you have to buy if you want to make your character your he likes this sonic game where he races sonic character and if you want to increase his speed it's going to cost you 10 bucks or something like that and he's like and he thought because he had 10 dollars from christmas that he could go ahead and buy this this little feature on this game and so i i said hey bud when you get your own phone when you move out when you get your own job, 
uh, then you can do whatever you want. And he said, nope, that's not the rules of me. And I was like, he's got his own rules. <laughs> he's got his own rules, supposedly. Oh, man, he's in preschool, starting kindergarten next year, pray for his teachers. But uh, does anybody remember their first day of school? Does anybody, like, vividly remember their first day, a few of you? I, I, I was thinking about this, and I, I can't for the life of me remember my first day exactly what it was like. I, I do remember the school. I remember my teacher's name uh, and sort of the classroom setup, but I can't remember the very first day. And so it's pretty cool to watch our kids as they are experiencing all of it for the very first time. And I get such a kick out of the, the routines that they have already created. How many know kids love routines? And when things get out of routine, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things. I can remember Bennett wanting to get a snack out of the fridge. Somebody grabbed it for him, brought it into the living room. And he's like, no, 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 I wanted to get it. So he takes it back to the fridge, puts it in the fridge, closes the door so he can get it. We love, I, I, and it's so funny, the, the routines that they have and our kids, they wake up and on, on school days, we try to make them eat a, a a protein full breakfast. We don't want to, you know, just stuff a bunch of sugar in them and send them out the door. And so we try to make it such uh, something that's protein packed. And then uh, we'll take them to school. There's prayer on the way to school. There's affirmations on the way to school that uh, we like to say. And so they have their routine. And I remember my routine back in uh, growing up. I wake up, I would eat cereal while reading the back of the box. Come on, somebody right? I would have mom get me all dressed up and, and looking like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. And, and uh, I would make sure that my Levi's were tight rolled, just perfect. Don't judge me, all right, this morning. I was a 90s kid. The 90s were a fantastic time. But I would have my mom fix my hair the cool way. I'd say, do it the cool way today. You know, I'd head off to school. This was my routine. And then at some point during the day, there was a lot of days that I would make my way down to the school nurse where I would pretend like I was sick so I could go home. That was kind of my routine. I was just missing home so much. I wanted to make sure that mom was okay. And I can remember them that, you know, they're like, let me take your, let me take your temperature. And I remember pressing down on that thing with my tongue so hard thinking that's going to increase the temperature. If I just press down really hard, I'm going to have a fever and they're going to send me home. But thankfully, my parents realized the value of an education or maybe they just needed a break. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thankfully, they didn't just allow me to just miss days of school and just to come home for no reason. But seriously, without, without a good education, I think we can all agree this morning that you're probably not going to accomplish much in life without a good education. And your education starts in, in, in kindergarten or preschool, if you went to preschool. But when you're there learning, what are you learning? You're learning the basics. And I remember Easton learning and rehearsing and reciting and rehearsing and reciting the basics whenever he was learning them in school, coming home in these days of the week. <laughs> days of the week, right? And he was learning all of this stuff. And I'm thankful 
because we all need to know the basics. Our education starts with the basics. You're learning basic interaction skills. You're learning letters. You're learning sight words. You're learning days of the week. You're learning seasons and colors. And then you progress first grade, second grade, third, all the way up to high school and then to college for some. And, and what happens is you, is you take the skills that you have learned, all of that wisdom, and knowledge, and what do you do? You apply them to the very next level as you are learning new skills. So those sight words that you learn will eventually turn into what? They'll turn into sentences, which turn into paragraphs, which turn into papers, which turn into thesis statements. That, that simple addition uh, turns to multiplication and then turns to algebra and then it turns to trigonometry, which can turn into a degree in economics. All of our brain surgeons in the hospitals today that, that we are blessed to have, it all started where? It all started in a classroom at a young age dissecting a worm or a frog. And thank God it's not like some of our first days on the job for those people, right? You, you, like, you know how some of your first day on the job, you're like, okay, what do we do? Like, what's going on again? Thankfully, those people in those professions, it's like, you don't want to ever hear your brain surgeon say, you scared today? Yeah, me too. You know, you don't ever want to hear that, right? You want them to be some confidence. And so what they've done is, is they took something so simple, they progressed, and they took that wisdom and knowledge and applied it to the next level those simple shuttle runs that you would run in PE class they, they would they, they would turn into you know running in races and then running in track and then maybe for some running in the Olympics one day so the point is that as we move through life we are taught certain methods we are taught certain processes we are taught certain criterias we which, which grow and they increase our knowledge. So what starts out as something so small and simple, once it is learned and refined, it turns out to be something great. We're talking about the anointing this morning. John talks about the anointing being a teacher to us. He says this, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. I want to be very clear that, that I'm thankful for everything that God has done in my life. I'm thankful for the anointing. I'm thankful for where we are as a church, as a body of believers, but I'm not satisfied just right where we are. Because if the anointing is a teacher like the scripture declares that it is, then we have not even begun to scratch the surface of all that God has and all that God is. My lesson is very simple this morning. Let's not get too comfortable in this thing. I don't believe that it's time that we just hop in the old spiritual lazy boy and call it a day when I believe that God is wanting to take us to the next level. Does anybody believe that with me this morning? So be thankful for your experiences that you have. But, but, Let's take those and let's apply them to the next level because God is moving and I want to move with him. 
Is that okay? Exodus 20, we find in Exodus 30, rather, we find in the Bible where we find the recipe for the anointing. And I'm just going to read a few verses of Scripture, starting in verse 22 of Exodus 30. The Lord said to Moses, take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels of sweet-smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250, and 250 of aromatic cane, and 500 of kesha, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing, oil blended as by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. A few things I want you to notice here. But first, let's just acknowledge that, that this is God's recipe for the anointing of his tabernacle. The, the place where the Spirit of God was to dwell had to first be anointed in order to sanctify the tabernacle. It's the anointing that set it apart. It, it, it's the anointing which made the difference. The word anointing means to smear on or to rub on. And that's, that's what we will do here when we will anoint you with oil and we'll anoint your forehead with oil or a, a cloth and that, that, that has a fragrance that comes with it. And it's, it's amazing to me that he said you are to take a hen of oil. A hen. Does anybody know how much a hen of oil is? Six quarts. Six quarts. Now, 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 thankfully, we're not going to do that to you this morning. So if you want to be anointed or something like that, if you want to be prayed for, we're not going like, to dump six quarts of oil right on top of your head, right? It's like, who wants to be prayed for? Not me. But I think that there is a symbolic message that when they would anoint in the Bible days, they would pour six quarts of the anointing oil. And it wasn't just little mercy drops from heaven. It wasn't just a little dab of do ya. It, 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 it wasn't just a little schmear. But they would pour six quarts of oil. Read Psalms 133. The Bible says that the oil flowed down from Aaron's hair, down past his beard, onto his garment, down to his feet. He was drenched in anointing. I believe that there is a need today in the church for that kind of anointing. I don't believe that we need little mercy drops from heaven. We're not fighting smaller things. We're fighting bigger things than we've ever fought before. And the recipe, God didn't, God didn't just throw just a bunch of stuff together and call it the anointing. No, he was very specific about the ingredients. He knew exactly what was needed. And he said, he said, take those five spices and you are to crush them. Take those five spices and you too, you are to crush them. Why? Because the anointing comes out of crushing. The anointing comes out of breaking. The anointing comes out of that which is pounded, and it's been through something. There's a lot of people that have nothing is because they've been through nothing, right? And there's a lot of people that when they start to go through something, they end up giving up and quitting. But I'm telling you, the anointing comes when you've been through something. When the anointing was made, some of the ingredients were beaten into powder, 
The, the, the word beat in the Hebrew means to wear down. It means to rub or beat in, into pieces. Sometimes there are emotional hurts that a lot of people find their identity in that needs to be ground into powder that brings forth a, a precious anointing. We, we may be in our rawest state of mind struggling with the old man, but can I tell you that it is during those times that the Lord is looking for habitation. The Lord is looking for a place to dwell. Isaiah, Isaiah 57 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. What does contrite mean? Contrite in the Hebrew means crushed. It means crushed. So what are you saying, Bryce? I'm saying don't be despised. Don't, 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 don't despise a little pressure every now and then. Don't get upset because you find yourself in the valley once again. Don't get upset because you find yourself staring up at a mountain again. God is trying to get you to a place of anointing. And in order to get you to that place, there will be hills to climb. There will be mountains to conquer. Listen, nobody is a spiritual giant overnight. It's a process, friend, and it's accompanied with crushing. It's accompanied with brokenness. The church doesn't just grow overnight. There has to be some times of growing. I believe that the pains that we are feeling as a church right now are part of us getting to that place of anointing. The last ingredient is, is oil. It's oil. And you know your Bible, oil always represented the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the principal character of the anointing. The good and the bad of someone's life mixed with the Spirit of God gives us the anointing. Oil is supposed to be the best preservative of odors. And it is also the ingredient, hear this, that holds all the other ingredients together in order to preserve their fragrance. I love the words of Jesus in John 14 when he says, I, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you, talking about the promise of the comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Friend, the Holy Ghost flows through what? Broken vessels who've been crushed through life's experiences, and it makes us stronger through them. Because you see, there will be times of heartache. There will be times of trial. There will be times to be taken through the fire. But if we'll remain constant in him, if we'll keep our spirits right and our attitudes right and allow God to mix our lives with his spirit, I'm telling you, his anointing will just begin to flow in your life. There's nothing like the anointing of God. And I believe, I believe that if you have the Holy Ghost, I believe that you already have that anointing. 
So it's not so much uh, uh, about us praying for the anointing in our lives, but rather I, I think it's us saying, God, release the anointing that is in my life. The Bible says that you shall receive power. When? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, I want you to know today that you have power. I want you to know today that you have authority, that you, you have everything you need. If the church, I believe, would just release half of what it has, I think we turn this whole city upside down. Because there's nothing like the anointing of God. There's nothing like the anointing of God. There's nothing like that anointing flowing and I'm not talking about the goosebump experiences. I'm not talking about that, that shiver that goes down your spine whenever you pray. I'm talking about the power of God through you. I'm sure that we've all had it, our fair share of times whenever we have knelt down and we have prayed and nothing happens. Anybody? Anybody? Am I the only one? We've knelt down, we've prayed, nothing. Yes, we've had those moments where we, we try to pray and, and focus on God. We kneel down, and we start praying for a few minutes, and nothing. And then next week we come back or tomorrow or something, and, you, and there are those moments that you kneel down and you pray, and there's a, there's a breaking in the Spirit and things begin to move and things begin to happen. What is that? Is it that, is it that God only hears some of our prayers? It, 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 did God just have that day off? Uh, or, or he only hears us some of the time? No, 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 no. God is always available. God is always there. So what's the difference, Bryce? I'll tell you what it is. The difference is us. The question is not, where is God while I'm praying? The question is, can we push past this flesh in order to release that anointing inside? Can we get past ourselves? Can we break down the walls that we have built up around our spirits and our hearts and release the anointing that's in us? I believe that we need anointed prayer. I need anointed prayer because that's what makes the difference. Somebody kneeling down and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and nothing, 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 nothing. You think that's going to make a difference in somebody's life? It's the anointing. It's anointed prayer. That makes a difference. We need anointed prayer. I need anointed prayer. How about anointed worship? <laughs> There's a difference between anointed worship and status quo worship. Right? There's nothing like anointed worship. There is nothing like it. I wonder what it would be like if we released the anointing during every worship service that we are in. I'm telling you, there is no telling what could happen in our worship if we could get to the place where we say, it doesn't matter who's sitting next to me, I come to worship the King of Kings. A place where we say, it doesn't matter what songs they sing today. It doesn't matter if there's a drummer there today. It doesn't matter if they got three-part harmony today. I I come to worship him.
full house or not full house. We don't need 150 people in this place in order to worship. Hey, we just need some Holy Ghost-filled believers to stand up and say, He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Would you clap your hands with me today and just say, He's worthy. We need the anointing in our prayer. We need the anointing in our worship. Hey, we need the anointing in our homes. Somebody said amen. Satan would love nothing more than to destroy your home. Why? Because strong homes are what makes strong churches. A strong church is built on the foundation of a strong Home. They are built on the foundation of strong, the family unit. And in order for, the, for our homes to be strong, I'm telling you, we must have the anointing of God. You remember the story of Abraham and Isaac? <clears throat> Isaac said to his dad, he said, we've got the wood, we've we got the knife, we got fire, but we don't have a sacrifice. And Abraham, by prophecy, said, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Have you ever wondered, what in the world did he mean when he said, we have the fire? We got the fire. And if you read the story of Abraham getting that thing ready and to offer his son, it says that he took the fire in his hand. It makes you wonder, wait a minute. You don't, you don't have matches? You don't have any kind of fire starter? You, you don't have any kind of lighters? There's no big lighters or zip. I don't know what brand they are. There's none of that. And here's where the fire came from. They always had a fire in the hearth at home. And they would take coals from that fire, the fire that was at home, and they would put it in a shallow bowl. If you do a little research, you'll find that they've excavated thousands of these in that part of the country. They had a little ceramic dish, and it had a lid on it that would slide over the top, and it had holes that were drilled in it that, that, would, that, that would let in just enough air to keep the coals smoldering, but they wouldn't combust. They wouldn't burn up and turn to ash. Because when you think about it, you didn't know where you were going to stay that night. You didn't know. And so you needed what? You needed fire in order to heat the place up. You needed fire in order to cook something. And they would bring fire from home. There are too many people where the church service is their salvation. 
There are those that come into a sanctuary that are dry and dead and exhausted. And I'm good with it if you don't know Jesus. I'm good with it if you don't know. But here's what we got to do. We got to be willing as a church to pack up some of this that's right in this place right here. And we've got to take it back to our homes. It can't just be what goes on in here. We got to get God out of this box. We've got to get the fire in your house. We need the anointings in our homes. Your children need to hear you pray for them. Your spouse needs to hear you pray for them. They need to, last night my son was sick and I laid hands on his forehead. I believe that we have that kind of power and that kind of authority from the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It makes a difference. This anointing is going to make a difference in your prayer. It's going to make a difference in your worship. It's going to make a difference in your home. I I don't know about you, as our music comes, but I want and need the anointing in my life. I'm craving the anointing of God to be released in me because I know it's going to make a difference in my life. I believe we've got some great things going on around here. I truly believe that. Sometimes it may not appear like it, and we're riding the roller coaster of this pandemic, but I believe that we have some great things that are going on around here. Church, that's what makes me so excited about our text this morning. John said, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you. Now, don't don't just think, oh, that means we don't need you up there, Bryce. No, read the context. There was false teachers going on in the church, and that's what he was talking about. Hey, you've already received it. You know it. You've got it. You don't need it. You don't need them to teach you. He says, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. He said, the anointing will teach you, teach us about all things. As long as there is an anointing, There are things to learn in the Spirit. As long as there is an anointing, I'm telling you, there's another level that God wants to take us to. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface of God. If the anointing is a teacher, like the Scripture says it is, we have no earthly idea the realm of God that there is to discover. We've seen glimpses. We've tasted and seen what we could. But there is so much more. Stand with me this morning. We've had some amazing times of prayer in this church. I look down at this altar. 
my mind goes back to some amazing altar services. But if we allow the anointing to teach us, I believe that greater altar services are ahead of us and not behind us. We've had some amazing worship services. Where we've had numerous services where the minister wasn't even able to get up and preach. I know because I've been that preacher many a times. If you want to blow out worship services, have Bryce preach. But if we allow the anointing to teach us, the worship services that are ahead are beyond our imaginations. I'm just here to tell you this morning, it's not time to settle in. It's not time to kick up your feet and reflect on how things used to be so great and things used to be so good and look back at the good old days. But God wants us to keep climbing. God wants to take us to the next level. As long as we have the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, there is a fresh anointing to attain. And the anointing makes all the difference. It's what sets us apart. Hear me. If Landmark is going to remain on the map, we must have the anointing of God. If we are going to experience the harvest that he has for us, we will need to be anointed in our prayer, anointed in our worship, anointed in our homes, where this isn't just some Sunday and Wednesday thing. This is a way of life. Would you help me pray right now as they begin to play and sing? Would you help me pray right now, right where you're standing? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.